Hello, and welcome to the Communication Toolkit Podcast, brought to you by the Training and Technical Assistance Center at Virginia Tech, where our mission is to improve educational opportunities and contribute to the success of children and youth with disabilities. We're your hosts, Christy, Kathleen, and Holly. This is the show for SLPs, where we discuss hot topics related to speech, language, and communication. Our first series is called Let's Talk AAC. And of course, by AAC, we mean Augmentative and Alternative Communication. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're talking about a subject that is getting a lot of attention right now in the speech and language world, and that is Gestalt language processing. This is a subject that many folks don't feel they have a good understanding of, so we wanted to take some time to touch on it. That's right, Kathleen. So first, let's talk about what this term means. Individuals who are Gestalt language processors learn language development from whole phrases first, then move to single words. So let's think about that for just a second, because it's sort of backwards from how we would typically think of language development. You know, usually we start with single words, then string those together. For a Gestalt language processor, they recognize these memorized phrases as one chunk. Right, Christy. So let's talk about an example of this. I'll share one from my personal experience. I had a student that used the phrase, I'm having fun. And he would say this as one message or chunk, and he really didn't seem to understand that I am having and fun were separate words. Rather, he just saw this as a whole and he always used it together, you know, the, the whole phrase. And, um, you know, usually he didn't use this literally. In fact, most of the time it was not literal. The phrase had many different meanings and how we knew the different meanings of it was his intonation and his facial expressions. You know, if he said to us, I'm having fun, then maybe that did mean, okay, yeah, we're having a good day. But sometimes he would look at us and he would get this grimace and say, I'm having fun. And that definitely wasn't, you know, um, a happy time. He definitely was not having fun in that activity. So it was definitely um, something that we had to really um, listen for his intonation and, and watch for those facial expressions to know kind of what he meant. And then I also had a fun guy who used the phrase to infinity and beyond, you know, from, yes. um, from the Toy Story movies. And he used that for multiple messages as well. And again, his intonation and his body language is, is how we could tell the difference. And it was often really tied to his emotional state at that particular time. Yeah, thanks for those examples, Holly. And, you know, those have often been referred to as delayed echolalia or scripting. And in the past, these are things that we may have tried to eradicate, but we now know better. And we know that for this type of language learner, this is a normal part of the process of acquiring language. And we should not take those phrases literally. Exactly, Christy. I know years ago, echolalia was something we wanted to reduce, but now we know that this is actually something we want to use these phrases so we can build language. So we start with these whole phrases and then we begin to break them apart and they learn to recombine them to create other messages, which allows the individual to use these chunks in a more flexible way. And these are called mitigated gestalts. And then we can further help the uh, individual to break down those chunks into those individual words and teach the learners that these words are our building blocks for language. So then the student can 
begin to string those individual words together to formulate more novel messages. And then in that last stage, we work on cleaning up the grammar so that we're getting those grammatically correct um, components to the sentences. And just, we don't wanna ever, you know, do away with those gestalt uh, phrases completely, but we wanna help build on those. Okay, so from what you're saying, Kathleen, it sounds like there's a process of how to work through or teach these types of language learners. Yeah, that's right, Christy. Um, and in our next episode, in fact, we're going to be um, talking with one of my favorite people, Miss Caroline Gaddy. Oh, yes. She is an adult with autism herself. She's the mother of two autistic children, and she just has a very unique insight on this topic. She's also um, a consultant for Toby Dynavox. And our conversation goes um, really in depth about her experience and she provides some really great suggestions for working through this process. Okay, so I can't wait to hear that. So in terms of determining which of our students might be Gestalt language processors or GLPs as we see them referred to, how do we know who are good candidates for this type of language acquisition? Well, I'm so glad you asked that, Kathleen. You know, often it's quite easy to identify our verbal students as GLPs because they tend to repeat movie lines or memorize favorite phrases from favorite videos or TV shows. They may also have some pronoun errors and may speak in the third person. For our non-speaking students, this may be harder to identify, but some things to work, watch for maybe as they have unusually rich intonation, you know, those students that may use sort of a sing-songy quality to their vocalizations, also think about the students who watch a clip of a video over and over because they just really like the sound of it. You know, research also tells us that a high percentage of our students with autism acquire language this way. That's right, Christy. Those are some great points. And, you know, just some other things to keep in mind. Gestalts are rarely literal. They're often intonationally correct and very tied to emotional experiences. And GLPs are often drawn to rhythm. So these are things that we, we can look for, not only from our verbal um, clients or students, but also our nonverbal um, clients as well or students. Also, there's not a diagnostic tool that we can really use to identify this type of language learner, but increasing our knowledge of this subject and knowing about the characteristics and what to look for is just gonna help us identify possible Gestalt language learners and then, of course, you know, implementing su these suggestions that we've talked about today and that we're going to talk about with Caroline. And it's really just trial and error and having some extra things in your toolkit to try to determine, um, you know, the best language uh, learning system for a student. So the most important thing to remember, though, is that every message is communication. Every guest dog has a communicative intent and it should always be acknowledged. And when we're able to understand that message, it should also be reinforced. Yes, yes. Well, you know, this has been a great conversation today, ladies, and it's on a subject that is definitely a hot topic right now and one that many of us want to learn much more about. So I am super excited for our next episode. Oh, me too, Christy. And on our next episode, like Holly told us, we're going to hear from Caroline Gaddy, a learning consultant from Toby Dynavox. And during the interview, we're going to hear about her experiences serving GLPs and she had some really interesting thoughts to share with us. So please stay tuned for this and that will drop in a couple of weeks. Well, that's our episode for today. 
Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we hope that our discussion has given you something to add to your communication toolkit. Don't forget to check out the new resources under the AAC tab on TTAC Online for more in-depth information. And check out our show notes for this episode for resources about the materials discussed today. If you haven't already signed up for our TTAC mailing list, please do so. And don't forget to follow us on social media for updates and announcements. Join us next time on Communication Toolkit.